This is Mark Geals with Mark on Money. And as we're closing in on 2022, we're going to talk about the certainty of uncertainty. And now, live from the heart of Sioux City, Mark on Money. With your host, Mark Geals. The key is having a plan in place, knowing what you're going to do. A place where your retirement questions are answered. You could be putting tens of thousands in jeopardy. You'll get the latest news on 401ks and retirement planning. It can make a profound difference with what you can and can't afford in retirement. If you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome in to Mark on Money. This is Mark on Money with Mark Gills. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Mark, of course, uh, is a fiduciary. He's, uh, well, an independent. He's got 30-plus years in the business. EFS Wealth Management, of course, is where you find him. Mark, this is something uh, going to be fun today. Uh, the uh, <laughs> what, what, what did you say? The... the um, Basically, expect the unexpected in retirement. Well, the planning for the certainty of uncertainty. That's it. Okay, you know, that's what we're going to talk about today, and 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 a bunch of other things too. You know, as we're closing in on, uh, you know, the end of 2022. Um, one of the things that uh, just happened last couple of weeks. Um, maybe you've heard about it. Maybe you don't care because uh, you're not getting paid yet from Social Security. But if you're getting a Social Security check, your Social Security checks are going to get a little bit bigger. Uh, the the Increase for this year is going to be 5.9%. That's uh, a so giant increase. A, I mean, in my yeah, lifetime, a, I don't think I've seen anything that big. Well, it's the biggest one since 1983. Okay, well, yeah, that's a big one. But, you know, you know, even, even though it's a 6% increase, Steve, you know, if they were using the same exact metrics to calculate what the increase would have been, Back in the 80s, it would be a double-digit increase. Oh, my gosh, really? Not just a 5.9% really? Oh, that's increase. an interesting perspective. Yeah, because, you know, they, they've changed, you know, how they calculate what Social Security uh, increase is. Um, so, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's almost half of what retirees are seeing their costs go up by. So they still have their Social Security check is really technically still shrinking, even though you're getting a six percent increase. Try to wrap your head around that one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And do we know what the Medicare Part B payments are going to be? Are they going to go up this year? I haven't really seen anything about that. Well, typically they go up by about the same amount as as what the Social Security increase is. So I would assume <laughs> that you know if your Medicare premium is about a hundred and you know it's it's uh see what is it one forty eight forty nine or something, something like, like that, that. Yeah, right around one forty nine yeah <clears throat> so say it's one hundred and fifty dollars and it's going to increase by six percent so that's eight dollars or nine dollars eight to nine dollars wow so I would guess your Medicare premium is going to go up to one fifty seven you know somewhere in that range and and but your Medicare premium might go up by more than that because in the past when they increased social security you might have seen an increase in social security but your medicare premium still stayed the same so you might only be paying maybe 130 something or 140 something for your social security benefit because they couldn't increase your medicare premium if it was going to fully offset what you were getting from social security okay so but now you're saying they can do that <gasps> Well, because it's such a big increase, oh, you know, so sure. because it's 6%, um, you know, let's say your Social Security 
uh, check goes up by, you know, because before it was like, you know, 0.9% or 1.3%, you know, and so your Medicare was because of some goofy thing that they have written in there doesn't increase, you know, they can't, yeah, like I said, they can't increase Medicare uh, if it's going to fully take away your Social Security um, check. And they can't increase Medicare and reduce your Social Security benefit. So, you know, you, your Social Security benefit can't go down because Medicare premiums go up. Right. And so if that is what's was going to happen, then they just don't increase your Medicare premium. But now, all of a sudden, you get this great big, you know, increase of, you know, the average retiree, I think, is going to see like $90 a month uh, increase with their Social Security benefit, and so you might see their Medicare premium catch back up, which might be twenty or thirty bucks, which might wipe out a third of that increase. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, but, but they were underpaying for a long time, so you're getting a fairly good deal, I guess, if you want to look at it from that standpoint. Was, sure. You know, you're getting a big deal because you didn't get any more Social Security. I don't know how you look at that, but um, you know, let's talk a little bit more. You yeah. Know, so. In 2021, you know, the maximum that was paid into Social Security was 142,800. So on income up to 142,800 was taxable for Social Security. That's going to go up too. It's going to go up to 147,000 um, for the limit. And so that'll that'll kick in about $520 per person uh, next year into the system for uh, everybody that has that increase. And then, of course, this also, <clears throat> we're getting later on in some of these laws now that were that were done a number of years ago, are starting to take effect. So full retirement age is also on the rise, and so the age that you reach and be, are able to collect full benefits uh, in 2022 uh, for those people born in 1959 or earlier, the full retirement age is going to be 66 and 10 months. Uh, and of course, for those born after 60, 1960, like myself, uh, it is sixty-seven before you can claim full benefits. Okay, so I, I want to go back to the uh, the, the um, paying into the system. So what, they capped it now at one uh, one forty-seven, uh, and it's a round number. How odd for the government! But uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so what? So why do they cap it, Mark? I mean, because there are people who make more than that. Why shouldn't they? continue to pay into social security is that i mean what what are your thoughts um you know that's a tough one you know i really haven't haven't really thought about it okay. maybe because i'm not old enough yet yeah um but uh you know i guess it, w one of the things about social security is is it, is it's what's called a regressive tax so the more you pay into it the less that you get back from it and so as your income increases and you pay more into Social Security, the benefit percentage-wise of what you're paying in uh, is reduced. So if you, if you were making $20-some-thousand a year, you know, and paying into Social Security, you know, your return on what you're paying in is fairly high. If you were making $100,000 per year and paying into Social Security, the return of what you're paying in is probably – 30 or 40 percent less than what the person was that was making twenty thousand dollars a year okay all right well that makes sense I, I understand that the and the, the maximum check obviously that someone gets is is fairly significant when when you look at it I mean it's over three thousand dollars that's a, that's a big chunk of change yeah if you paid in all your you know if you hit the maximum you know so you've paid in the maximum every year into Social Security um, you know for 35 years. 
uh, because that's how Social Security calculates it. It's yeah. your highest 35 years. So if you paid in the maximum every year, then you're, yeah, you get your maximum check, which is over $3,000 a month at full retirement age. And, of course, if you delay Social Security, uh, it increases by 8% per year every year after full retirement age up until age 70. So that check can get, you know, for some people, about 32% bigger. Wow. That's significant. But now, what? I mean, I know that's the, that's the exception, not the rule. So what do, you, what do you see as the average Social Security check these days? You know, average, I'd say somewhere, you know, around – um, seventeen to twenty-two hundred. You know, seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred, okay. twenty-two hundred dollars a month, somewhere in that range is is what we see a lot of. So, I mean, again, as you begin to put the plan together, that's what we're talking about the uh, the uh, uncertainty or certainty of uncertainty, I guess, is what you said, and uh, that that Social Security check factors in there. Uh, but it's certainly, obviously, when you're looking at what what you said, even a two thousand dollars a month, that's really not enough. So you've yeah, got, I mean, you got to come up with something else. Yeah, and, and you know, Social Security does not keep up with inflation. You know, even with this five point nine percent increase, you know, we had talked about, you know, if this was back in the eighties, it'd be double digits. You know, even with this increase, um, if you factored in what the retiree spending index was, people are actually, and I, and I, you know, don't. Don't uh, hold me to this, but I want to say over the last decade that the, you know, because it's health care, leisure activities, food, um, you know, those types of things that retirees spend their money on, the Social Security buying power has decreased by 20 to 30 percent. Wow. In other words, so if you were so if you were getting two thousand dollars a month in Social Security a decade ago, um, you know, with everything being equal. That Social Security only buys $1,600 of the same amount of stuff as what it did a decade ago, even though it's gone up. Um, but because the cost of everything that you're spending money on has gone up faster than what Social Security has, it just hasn't kept up because of how it's calculated. Sure. Well, okay, so, I mean, these are interesting things, and obviously you have these conversations with people every day. Yeah, and, you know, Social Security is easy. You know, it's 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 easy to understand. There's lots of myths and mis misconceptions about it. I mean, we could do a, a whole blog just on, uh, you know, a whole podcast just on on, uh, you know, Social Security misconceptions. I um, mean, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, know, let's do that. Let's plan on talk that. about that because it's. But, I mean, again, I always got the impression that Social Security. I mean, it's it's a big decision when it comes to retirement. And there are many ways to claim, but again, just from your experience, you're able to sort of narrow that down and, and give folks a couple of options. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's all about the math. It's all about the math. And then what other assets you have and what other planning strategies are you implementing during, you know, that social security, you know, window, um, you know, between 62 and 70. Okay. You know, that's your social security window. Um, there's there's literally 567 different combinations just for one couple on what to claim for Social Security. You know, if you if you put them all together, 567 different combinations, um, and that's not including if there's widower benefits or um, anything else that comes into play. Um, you know, that can even escalate that even more and throw a couple pension options in there, and and pretty soon, you know, you got thousands of different combinations. <laughs> 
Yes, you do. Goodness gracious. So, I mean, as we start to look at that, and, and we're talking about other things happening as we close out on 2021 and rounding the corner into 2022. I mean, we're, I mean, Thanksgiving's around the corner. All, I mean, boy, where did this year go? It, it went fast. We thought 2020 was, you know, one of those Blue years. Yeah. yeah. But this Time is goes even, by faster the older you get, right? Well, that's so true. Absolutely it is. And, and, uh, but one thing that uh, happened as a result of the pandemic is, People were allowed to take some uh, some qualified distributions out of their uh, retirement plans. Yeah, they could do that. And, uh, you know, one of the things about that was because of the Coronavirus Release Relief Act. Um, I don't we didn't really see a whole lot of people do that. But if you did, um, you know, this is the last year that you have um, to spread. Well, they had they had the choice of spreading those distributions out um, as income over a three-year period of time or taking it in one lump sum. Okay. Um, and so you could either spread it out evenly over three years ending in 2022, or you took it in one lump sum. Okay. Um, but you said so you yeah. didn't see a lot of people doing that. I guess that's probably a good thing. I mean, to, to, to avoid taking money from your retirement account before you retire is always a good idea. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it, you know, we, we've had, we had that discussion, but for, for every discussion we had, it just didn't make any sense. Okay. Yeah. You know. Well, I understand. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people were dealing with a lot of things and, and it's uh, I mean, you've got creative ways to work through that. I mean, like I said, over 30 years, you've been doing this for folks. You've seen some ups and downs and twists and turns and and, and things going sideways. Yeah. And so, you know, let's talk about what, um, you know, I think is a fun topic um, or a fun discussion. Um, and that is retirement is an uncertain period of time, you know, because, you know, I mean, life is uncertain, really. Of course. But but in retirement, there's a lot of different things that are not, you know, things that you have to worry about when you're in your 20s or 30s. And so we want to talk about how do you plan for the certainty of uncertainty? And so here's the discussion I have is, is you know, if, if, you know, I've got Let's take, for instance, I've got you, you're sitting across the table from me and, and you ask me the question and say, well, Mark, why do I want to hire you as my financial advisor? And the answer is this is because I've seen it. I've seen everything that I think I can possibly see. I've been doing this for a long time. And my job is to do one thing. And that is if you come to me and say, hey, Mark, you know, 10 years from now, um, you know, my wife just got diagnosed with Parkinson's. Um, and, you know, what are we going to do about it? And you say, well, we've already planned for that. So we, this is what we're going to do. Or, you know, you know, you, you come to me and say, you know what? Hey, the stock market just lost 30%. You know, is that going to affect our retirement at all? And say, well, no, because we talked about this before. And, and this is what we we're going to do if that happened. And so... A well-thought-out plan, which is what I do, is to help you plan for the certainty of uncertainty. And so these things that we're going to talk about, a well-thought-out plan is going to take into account all of the things that you might have happened to you, but they might not happen. But if they do happen, you have the answer that, yes, we have made a contingency plan we plan for the certainty of uncertainty, and if the uncertain thing that happens, we have an answer for it. And this is what we're going to do in that case. 
And that's a, that's a great plan. That's a great plan. And and those uncertainties, uh, you know, life throws you curveballs and and you obviously you don't see them coming, but that's really the kind of thing that gets folks into retirement with confidence knowing that if that curveball happens, I'm covered. Yeah, and so longevity risk. So this is this is a funny one because people people always, you know, talk to me about, well, you know, I'm probably going to die earlier. I'm not going to live a long time. And my answer is, well, that's fantastic. And they kind of look at me kind of goofy. I said, that's easy to plan for. Um, because if you die early in retirement, you know, there's no worries because right. everything else is, is, is you know, gone. Um, but the, the uncertain thing is, is what happens if you live a long time? And, and so people, you know, think about life expectancy um, and life expectancy in this country is is like what 79 for men 81 for women certainly yeah okay that's wrong though when you talk about retirement planning because if you're 65 years old today your life expectancy is not 79 or 81 it is 84 for men and 87 for women because the longer you live the longer your life expectancy is. Life expectancy at 79 and 81 is if you're born today or if you were born whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's not for those people that are still living. And so if you're already 65, the likelihood of you living, you know, past whatever the life expectancy was is is like 80% because you're still living. And so right. life expectancy is 84 and 87. And the longer you live... Uh, the longer your life expectancy goes. And as a couple, life expectancy jointly is longer than life expectancy individually. So for a couple, their life expectancy is really about 89 years old. In other words, they've got about a, over a 50% likelihood that one of the two of them is going to live to be at least 89. So longevity risk is definitely real, and I think people miss perceive that because they don't understand life expectancy or maybe they look at you know their mom or dad or grandpa or grandma or some relative that died early uh, for whatever reason maybe you know it's because they just you know had bad lifestyle you yeah know, or whatever but people are definitely living longer and they're coming up with more cures and more treatments and so that's definitely you know an uncertain thing that we definitely can plan for because longevity is a risk, dying early is not, other than the fact that, you know, it's it's not a very, you know, nobody wants to, you know, retire at 65 and die at 70. No, that's of no, course not. You know, that's, you, that's no fun at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> so how long do you run a plan, Mark? I mean, what, when you sit down with somebody, I mean, is there an is there an age? Do you go, I mean, how far out do you go? We usually go to 90 with a contingency fund. So in other words, if you're still... You know, so we plan on dis on distributing money, you know, so at EFSforyou.com, which is our website, um, we have a great educational piece in there that talks about time-segmented distribution. And so we distribute money based upon five-year segments. So if you're retiring at 65, you know, that's five five-year segments, 25 years, takes you to age 95, and then you have a longevity fund that is still there yet. So if you spend your buckets of money, you still have money to live on for the next 10 to 15 years if you're still alive yet. And so that's the plan, uh, and it works very well. 
And those are, I mean, that's the kind of thing where, uh, are people surprised when you say that, when you do that for them? Well, you know, you're going to you're gonna spend money at different rates during retirement. You know, you've got your go-go years, your slow-go years, your no-go years. But you've got to have a plan. You know, it has to be a plan that makes sense and a plan that works and a plan that takes into longevity risk. Um, you know, and, it's, and it should be something that's written on all these things, planning for the certainty of uncertainty. You know, it's like writing a, a, a business disaster plan, okay? So, mm -hmm. you know, what happens if, you know, um, the power goes off? What's the contingency plan for that? What happens if there's, you know, um, you know, a cyber attack or whatever on the business? What's a contingency plan? You know, natural disaster, what's a contingency? You know, you have same thing is is true on how you how you plan for the certainties of uncertainty mm -hmm. and so you know what we're talking about really is is again at efs4u.com we talk about the sequence of return risk that's a big deal isn't it yeah and we we've, we've known about this the industry basically just started talking about this like the last 3 or 4 years um but the sequence of return is becoming kind of mainstream um but We've been doing this for three decades um, and understanding that you don't want to take investment distributions from investments that have lost money. And so you want to avoid the sequence of return risk because it can significantly impact whether you run out of money or not in retirement. In, in other words, are you feeling lucky? You know, if you have all your money invested into the markets and the markets go down the beginning of retirement the risk of you running out of money increases exponentially and so we're at in my opinion towards the end you know if anybody wants to argue with me that you know bull markets and markets you know grow to the sky you know you show me an example of when that happened um but you know the 1990s the market you know looked similar just in different stocks performed differently. I mean, mm -hmm. you had the dot com stocks, and now you've got, you know, you know, all kinds of goofy stocks going up exponentially, and that's usually a sign that you're getting towards the end of a bull market and about to enter a prolonged downturn, which nobody really can remember because uh, that was 20 years ago. Yeah, you know wow. that we had we had three negative years in the stock market. You know, 2000, 2001, and 2002, three negative years in a row. Most retirees that are retiring, you know, they were in their 40s in 2000, 2001, 2002, and were saving money, accumulating money, didn't have very big nest eggs, so it didn't really affect them a whole lot. Well, we're, we're managing, you know, millions of dollars in that period of time, and, and we've always worked with retirees, um, and so I know what the psych psychic or the the psychology and and what happened to people in 2000 2001 and 2 not only that but the whole build up you know prior to the dot com crash was people you know just thought that hey I'm I'm just going to make 15 to 20% average annual returns on my money and I can retire and just draw 10% off of my money and it'll all be fine oh and, yeah um you know you had the day traders that was the big deal back in the 90s you know people quit their job and just day traded stocks yep. and yep. Um, yeah, I was, so, I was working for a guy who was of that belief that there was no end in sight. He was, um, he was a, a good guy, but so he goes out and he pays cash for a Porsche and, and then 2001 happened. It, he wasn't driving it anymore. <laughs> yeah. That, that, there's lots of stories about that. Um, you know, so 
sequence of return risk is a big deal. And, and at EFSreview.com, you go and look at it, you know, and click on do I have enough money to retire? There's a great video on there. If you've got some time, you know, it's a 19-minute it's a video that talks about sequence of return, taking into account inflation, market risk, um, you know, being able to make sure that you have enough money if, if you live a long time and how all that works, mm -hmm. all along with, with really decreasing the exposure that you have to that, to that big downturn in the market if it happens early on in your retirement. So on the website EFS, that's the number for the letter U dot com. Well, obviously you can see that, but is there a way to reach out and connect with you as well? Yeah, absolutely. You can always give us a call, 712-224-4651. You know, or you can always email me, Mark with a C, that is, at EFSforyou.com. Uh and, and email me your questions and I'll reply. Um and uh, let you know what I think. But okay. no, we work with we work with people all over the United States. Sure, you know, from the East Coast to the West Coast, uh, all the way up to Alaska. Really, so, that's fun. Yeah, do you ever get to go there and uh, meet with that client? No, I've never gone. Well, I've been to Alaska, just not not up to Anchorage. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, not no. for work, in other words. Right, not for work, for for fun. So yeah. let's. So we're talking about uh, basically the the risks, the the uh, the certainty of uncertainty, and we have to talk about healthcare. We don't want to, but we have to. Yeah, this is you know, it's 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 like you know, you have to talk about these kinds of things and plan for them. They're the least fun part of my my advice. Oh, sure. Time spent with with people. You know, it's like, oh, you know what? You could end up in a nursing home for 10 years. You know, how are we going to plan for that? Doesn't that sound exciting? You know, it's like, really? Um, but it does happen. And so, again, if, if you know, you do end up needing either home health care costs, you know, assisted living, long-term care costs, um, well, just other health care costs. What about, you know, people don't don't really plan for, you know, the $6,000 dentist bill, you know, well, that happens sure you know, unless, unless you have false teeth, you know, and you want to keep your teeth, it's going to cost you money to keep your teeth. Um, what about hearing aids? You know, there's a lot of people that have hearing aids. A lot of people should have them that don't. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but they're not cheap either. I mean, they're $5,000 for, oh, for a decent pair of hearing aids and sometimes even more than that. Um, and it's kind of like a phone, you know, you, you got to upgrade your hearing aids every so often. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so how do you plan for that? You know, and long-term care costs, you know, you, you got to plan for it, and, and but you don't want to over-insure for it and fret about it because it might not ever happen either. Um, but, but there are the, those hybrid policies out there for long-term care, aren't there? Yeah, there's there's different ways. You know, there's traditional long-term care that pays for home health care, assisted living, long-term care. Um, there used to be a hundred plus companies that sold those policies, and now there's there's maybe only a dozen left, um, just because you know it's such a big risk to the insurance industry um, that there's not a whole lot of companies out there that wanted to do it. And if you own those policies, uh, you've seen your premiums probably go up because the policies were underpriced. Um, but if you have one of the older policies, even though the company's increasing your premiums, it's still a lot less money than it would be to go out and try to replace that policy in today's marketplace because it's not inexpensive for traditional long-term care. But yeah, there are what are called hybrid policies that will help 
pay for long-term care. One of the most popular ones, and there's a few companies that do offer these, is through life insurance, where you pay either an annual premium or a single premium that will have what's called a a long-term care rider on it that will cover some of those long-term care costs. And if you don't ever use it, you typically will get your money back plus some death benefit return on your money. So one of the big arguments that people have had is, well, you know what, I can pay for long-term care, you know, I can pay thousands of dollars and then I don't ever use it. And then that money's just basically gone. Well, it, it, that's not really the right way to think about it. Uh, because if your house doesn't burn down, I don't think you're unhappy because you paid for your homeowner's insurance for all those years, right? Right. So, I mean, that's not the way to look at insurance. Insurance is really to make sure that if there is a catastrophe, that it doesn't bankrupt you. That's what insurance is designed for. Mm-hmm. It's not designed, you know, you have deductibles on your homeowners and your car insurance. I mean, it's it's designed so that... If, you know, the worst case scenario happens, you know, you're covered. And the same thing is true on long-term care, whether it's a hybrid policy, a traditional long-term care policy, or you choose to pay for it yourself with cash, uh, you know what that plan is and what that strategy is. Sure. And, and well, you know, one of the things that, you know, we talk about political risk and we don't get political with the show and, and I'm fine with that. But I, I've come to the conclusion that that over the course of my lifetime, there have been presidents that have come and presidents that have gone. And, uh, you know, all of the, uh, the the hand wringing and the oh, my goodness. But bottom line is it doesn't matter who's in the White House. You're still going to retire. You still got a plan for it with what's going on today. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I like that, you know, that, you know, you can fret all you want. Uh, about what's happening politically, but yet the the clock's not going to stop, um, and so you've got to, you know, figure out, you know, that, you know, what are you going to do? And and usually it's it's, you know, if you're a conservative and there's a liberal in the in the White House, you know, you we saw, you know, that's what we're seeing now is that you're concerned about it. Well, the opposite was true, you know, before, right? Where, you know, you had you know, liberals and a conservative in the White House, and they felt the same way. And we're like, oh, geez, I don't want to invest my money because look what's going on politically. And, and that's what the liberals said. And the conservatives said, well, I don't want to invest my money. Look what's going on politically. <laughs> and in, in the whole scope of things, what I've learned over doing this for four four decades is it doesn't make any difference. Right. Companies are still going to figure out how to make money, and there are still ways and strategies of how to invest your money no matter what is going on on a political front. The worst thing you can do is make investment decisions based upon either political things today or what politically might happen in the future um, because it's, it's just, it just hasn't made a difference. If you've done that in the past, made a decision based upon political uh, events either today or what you thought was going to happen – it has cost you a ton of money, usually. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, through it all, the market has been, you know, it's been a good run here, and there have been multiple presidents. Yeah, I mean, the market's going to do what the market is going to do, and, and what Washington does is, is going to affect maybe markets short-term, whether tax law changes or, you know, 
you know, environmental or, or, you know, other law changes that might affect different industries or business, but they figure it out. You know, they figure out how to make money around that yeah. and, and uh, everything ebbs and flows. It sure does. So. And, and, but just as we age, obviously we get to retirement, but we, we just have to deal with things. That's why it's so important to have that plan to work with somebody like Mark at the, at EFS you know, where, you know, you're a fiduciary, you're independent, you care about people. And, and really what's more, almost most important is the experience you have in helping people. That is yep. a big deal. And like I said, why do you want to hire me? Well, because I'm going to help you plan for the certainty of uncertainty. And there's a lot of things that are uncertain. So what's keeping you up at night? What are you worried about? If you're not worried about anything, um, you know, then, then you're, you're, I don't know. You're not human, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, but that's what my job is: is to say, hey, you know what? We can help you not to worry about those things by having something in place that if that uncertain event happens, we've planned for it, sure. and that will help you sleep better at night. Absolutely. Not knowing if X, Y, or Z happening, or the worst thing that you can do in retirement is use a four-letter word, which is a horrible four-letter word you should never use, and that is the four-letter word called hope. So if hope is not if a you strategy, retire Mark? and you say, well, I hope this doesn't happen to me, or I hope if it does, you know, that it'll be all right, well, that's terrible. You know, don't ever use the word hope because uh, you need to have a better plan in place than that. Sure. Well, again, on, on that note, Mark, uh, you know, this has been fun. We're going to continue these conversations uh, over the coming weeks. I would suggest if you want to go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, it'll be delivered to you every week. Check out the website as well, EFS, the number four, the letter U.com. What's, uh, what's the words of wisdom to leave us with today, Mark? I don't know. Go out and have fun. That's, that's you know, I, I think there needs to be more of that. You know, just have fun and be happy. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. EFS Group and the Securities America companies are unaffiliated. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Coach P Radio.